0: Hello friends, welcome to this tradition unlike any... Somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed.
1: What up, DNVR Golf fam, and welcome in to episode number 34, 34 of Big Drive Energy. I am your co-host, Spencer Smith, a.k.a. at Big Drive Spence, here with my brother and also co-host, Mitchell Smith, uh, at Big Drive Mitch on Twitter. What's up, fam?
0: Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, everyone?
1: Another uh, fun week in the golf world. Um, I want to tell you guys about real quick, this podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. March Madness coming up. Ready to roll, ready to roll. Betting on golf, losing every week, but we're shoot or shoot, and we we got some bets for you guys at the end of this podcast. For the I'm pl- locked
0: and loaded. I'm ready to shoot for the
1: players, which is really widely regarded as like the biggest golf tournament on the PGA Tour. Because caveat, majors aren't really PGA Tour events. So now you yeah, know. It's,
0: it's got the biggest purse. Your everybody's getting that bread this week.
1: Yeah, let's get this bread. But base, <laughs> yeah, basically. This is the biggest PGA Tour event there is, um, so now you've learned something. Not all majors are tour events. So fucking take that and tell your buddies because it's tell, tell because I, and we're I only. Can, I think we're only like a month away from the Masters, bro. I think uh, Masters starts April seventh. So
0: yeah, what? Yeah, what, what week of March is it?
1: Yeah, we, so we got to tell you guys we got some. Fucking fire stuff in the works for dnvr golf we can't really talk about it quite yet but had some meetings got some plans for the next coming months that is really going to take this to another level and i know we've been saying that saying that saying that but reality is we live in colorado you can't golf year-round unless you go to top golf or jerk around in a simulator which isn't quite as fun but Uh, We have a lot of good stuff coming up May, June, July, August this whole golf season So please be ready for that sign up for these things because I'm telling you they're going to be a blast we're going to have I just don't I don't want to say too much yet, but we're going to have a lot of cool stuff in the works So get ready for that. Uh, We are going to be doing a live show from the Masters not from Augusta But from the studios of the DNVR bar kind of similar to a Big Bets Bonanza if you guys have watched those Check us out on the DNVR YouTube. We're gonna basically live stream. It's gonna stream...
0: be like an electric chair.
1: Yeah, we're basically gonna live stream the entire second or second nine of Sunday. Maybe even a little earlier than that. We're both gonna be having cocktails. We're gonna be betting on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and just having an all around Kicking the pants, good time. So, and the Masters oh, just a
0: knee knee slapping, good time. That's that's what we'll be having. The Masters,
1: like we've said before, is just one of those things that everybody watches. Even if you're not really into golf, we hope if you're listening to this podcast, you are semi into golf. And if you are listening to this, you're definitely watching the Masters. I would assume in some some form or the other. It's also great because they are actually. Let's talk about this a little bit. They are starting. Uh, the PGA Tour is going to start covering their players a ton and their tournaments a ton more with uh, a shot link type of... I, I don't know, I, I forget what, exactly what it's called. If you got it, you can help me out here, Chief. But um, basically, you're going to be able to watch every single shot of every single player going forward. I think I think they're starting it this year, I want to say, in, in a major. Uh, Is it called Shot Link? No, I don't know what it's called. Uh, maybe I Shot should, Tracker? I should do some research on this. But basically, you're going to be able to watch... If you want to, like, log on to an app, I think it's sponsored with, like, NBC Sports. Don't quote me on that, but you're going to be able to watch... So
0: they're going to have a camera on literally everybody for every shot.
1: Correct. Like, you're going to be able to watch every player for every shot. So you can check out Robert Gomez firing a f- cool 92 like he did last week. Um, and you can also watch... I bet they
0: got hell of views, honestly. that That's like... Uh- not to get dark here, but kind of like watching a car accident, you know. It's not something you necessarily want to watch, but you can't really turn away at the same time.
1: Yeah, like, well, it, it just re- – what's the word I'm looking for here? It, re- it, it puts golf norm- into pre- – normalizes golf. There we go. Yeah. It just yeah. normalizes it that guys that are making millions on the PGA and in Gomez's case, the senior tour – are able to still go out and fire a cool 92. I mean, I've done it multiple times in my playing career. Get a little nervous, fire 92, it happens. You can't make pars, you just make a bunch of bogeys, so
0: Been there, done that.
1: Yeah, but they are going to be you are going to be able to watch a, t- a lot more of each player and if you got a favorite player, James Beckett our boy, he loves Jordan Speeth. He's not going to miss a single shot of Speeth, so even if he's he not in at-
0: when we, when we were at work the other day, he was following, like, a Spieth Legion Twitter account. Like, I, I don't know. It's, like, basically a Spieth Discord where everybody can talk about Spieth and every single one of his shots. And I told him, if I hope one day I can feel as much passion for anything as he feels for Jordan Speeth. Because it, I I don't think I care about anybody or
1: anything that much. It's There's really a hurting. lot, is what it is. He's a lot. But yeah. let's let's get into a little bit of this weekend and the Arnold Palmer Arnold Palmer Invitational much? at Bay Hill. Um, uh, interesting note I saw uh, on Sunday, there were actually more rounds in the '80s than in the '60s.
0: That's impressive.
1: And. That- That's nuts. Let me look at our. Obviously, our picks sucked again. um, Nothing new. But the thing was that sucked about this weekend is I thought we were actually both pretty close to contention because I had a guy, uh, my boy Sun J M, was sniffing the top 10. Uh, He was like.
0: That's the irony, real quick. That's the irony is you said we were sniffing contention on making correct picks for a top 10. So that, how far off do you have to be to sniff contention of a top 10? Well, Our picks are, are just
1: rock bottom. Yeah, well, Sun J.M. was tied for 16th going into the final round and fired a cool 76 on Sunday. Your boy Kiz, who fired a, a low one on uh, 67 on Saturday, follows it up with a 78 on Sunday and finishes tied 36. So Sheesh. overall... Um, I mean, Martin Laird was tied for, he was one shot off the lead going into the weekend and, and finished the weekend 76-79.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a tough course. Like I said, it's not super long, but it's a real challenge for um, just ball striking in general. you got to hit it really well. Uh, a lot of guys are going to have long putts. I mean, Lee Westwood three-putted twice in the final round.
1: Yeah, and if he, uh, if he only three putts once or doesn't three putt, he wins the tournament. And we don't have to yeah. talk about Bryson Duchambeau.
0: And if he made a hole-in-one on every hole, he would
1: have won by a mile. Exactly. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, uh, I don't recall. I mean, we watch every tour event a ton, but I don't recall them there being two hole-in-ones in the same tour event in a long time. And we got that this weekend with Spieth and Jazzy Jen and Watanadadadun.
0: Yeah, there's like ten ends in his. I want to say it's, J, I I can't even remember the second syllable.
1: Jana Natwand.
0: No, that there's Tanan- got longer.
1: Janatananand. Jane, Jane Wata, Nanand. Jana Wata Nanand.
0: Well done. Jane. I've actually. I mean, we've we've discussed him before because we call him Jazzy J, and he's a legend.
1: Jazzy J, the legend. He made an ace. Jordan Spieth started out the tournament, birdie, ace, par three one four. So that's pretty fun. I think that's like a zip code in Missouri. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Maybe though.
0: Colorado. Uh,
1: I'm pretty sure it's Missouri.
0: <laughs> you have a weird na- uh, knowledge of zip codes, but okay. Um, yeah. Bottom line about the Arnold Palmer, obviously for us it sucks watching bryson win and that's really the thing like i i respect it he won he did his thing it's respect but lee westwood if he actually lee westwood hits it nowhere virtually speaking and if he just could have putted worth half of a fuck he would have won he would have won that tournament (laughs) like he missed plenty of short birdie putts but then you throw in the, the couple of three-whackers. I mean, he ended up shooting one over on Sunday. And the putter, again, and for those of you who don't know or are not familiar with Lee Westwood's game, um, he has been a world-class ball striker for 20, 25 years.
1: Former world number one at one point.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's won 25 times on the European Tour, and he's widely regarded as the best player in golf currently to have not won a major he's been in contention quite a bit he's done very well and like i said he's won a shitload i mean he's gonna be in the european tour hall of fame he'll go probably i don't know if he'll be in the pga tour hall of fame i haven't really seen a resume but but the guy is a a bona fide legend and if he could have made anything on sunday he would have won that tournament and it's not just because i hate bryson that i'm saying that but it is frustrating when you see a guy um, like Lee Westwood who could have pulled one off for all the real old timers they're like oh yeah Lee Westwood that's my guy you know and everybody kind of hates Bryson or you hate him or you love him and we're the the former not the latter but it is what it is you know Bryson's going to win a lot he just hits it too far he turned a par 5 into a borderline par 3 this week so when you have a little pitching putt on a par five, and that's that's another thing I don't want to, like, go, go on my high horse here, but that shit pisses me off because that is such a good par five. And I guess at the I'm kind of contradicting my own argument, but it's very risk-reward, and Bryson just takes on all the risk, and then he, he throws his arms up and celebrates like he's fucking Eddie Van Halen at the end, and I just want to – Jump through the screen and fucking throw him in the lake, but
1: dude, I gotta say, I'm I'm coming around a little bit on him, and I I my boy Joey's not gonna be happy. So shout out Joey if you're listening. He texted me this week and said there be there better be a lot of Bryson slander on the podcast, and I want to I I want to get something straight with how I feel about Bryson DeChambeau. Can't stand the dude as a person, but yes, but that doesn't that shouldn't get in the way of. His golf game and what he actually means to the the business and the game of golf. Because how many women out there and men and just in general don't like Tiger Woods for the person he is? I can guarantee you there's a lot of them, especially with what he went through and what he did and all the allegations. I don't, I'm not going to get into all that, but everybody, it's widely known of what he did and what happened to him. And there's a lot of people around the world that don't like Tiger Woods for the person he is. But that shouldn't matter. Now, where where the uh, I shouldn't say it shouldn't matter. Let me die. let me backtrack on that. As Be, an athlete, being a good person is is overall the biggest thing in your life. It, it doesn't matter how great of an athlete you are. If you're an asshole, people aren't going to like you, and you're not going to get very far. But Tiger Woods. That's, was, that's false. You're not going to you get. Think... Very, you're not going to get. I, I don't know what the word is, but you know what I'm trying to say here. Like I'm not just condoning being doing what Tiger did. I would never condone. Oh that. yeah. No. But, but I agree. I think where Bryson is like a mixture of Tiger and just uh, your typical golf douche is that Bryson is annoying on the golf course. Like, let's say Bryson has the next two, three, four years has a Tiger-like run, which he can't. nobody can ever do what he did in the early 2000s, but let's say he starts winning a bunch of tournaments, and he's always in contention, and he's like one of the top players, and he's the favorite of every tournament, blah, blah, blah. The thing that bothers me about Bryson is the way he conducts himself on the golf course there. So do you see what I'm saying? Like he's, he's a sandwich of Tiger Woods, like Tiger Woods on the golf course and Tiger Woods off the golf course are two separate people. Bryson DeChambeau off the golf course. He brings that douchiness to the golf course, even though he's also really good. And the distance thing is not the issue. Like nobody doesn't like him because he, well, some people may, but like Cameron who we had on the podcast last week, some people may not like him because he is trying to change the game from a distance perspective, but in reality, that's that's always been happening. It's just way more... Um brought to light nowadays because of of technology and stuff like that but i can guarantee you every i mean every old man that we talk to when you want to they want a lesson they're like i want more distance that's always been a thing and it always will be a thing people will be maxing out their bodies maxing out equipment to get to get as much distance as they can so in one part like watching him go for that par five and getting hype and getting the crowd hype is awesome for the game of golf it really is because people are going to grow up now kids and say I want to hit the ball far like Bryson and it doesn't matter if Bryson's a douchebag in this sense if that kid wants to play golf and wants to be like Bryson DeChambeau have at it man like that's more people in the game of golf and so I'm not going to ever rag on Bryson for his playing ability or his want to change the game or want to be different Uh, I'm just going to rag on him for the fact that he's just kind of the golf douche that a lot of people don't like when you have that buddy that's trying to get, you know, just the whole ruling with trying to get a thing from Red Ants, just certain little things like that and throwing hissy fits and stuff. That's the part that I don't like and I think a lot of people don't like, but I, I'm not just going to be an all-out hater on his overall game and the fact that he's changed the game in the in the distance category and really just, he's playing, go- he's playing golf courses differently than other people and I'm sorry that people can't hit it as far as him, but it's not like he is doing anything that somebody else can't do if somebody else wants to hit the gym you know i think that's one of the under most underrated things about tiger woods that's not necessarily talked about is when in his run his like miraculous run through the early 2000s he was working out after rounds he was he was one of the most fit not only golfers but athletes in the entire world and people didn't talk about it then because he doesn't he didn't have go through like a year transformation of 170 to 240 and you know start hitting the ball 70 yards further in a year but tiger woods was one as a world-class class athlete in general and i think people forget that when they talk about bryson DeChambeau.
0: no i i totally agree and i don't like you said i don't hate bryson's game like if you have i have nothing but respect for it because he's driving the ball an unprecedented distance on top of hitting it pretty fucking accurate. I mean, he's hitting more fairways than a lot of guys who hit it 40, 50 yards shorter than him. So I, th- there's nothing to hate about that. Like you said, it's just the way he conducts himself. I don't care if you're the worst player in the tournament or the best player. If you act the way he acts, I'm probably not going to be a fan of you. So, yeah, I- I'm glad you decided to set that straight because... We're not hating on his game. He's got plenty of game. He's one of the probably top five players in the world right now. But where we draw the line is, would I ever want to go play around with him? Absolutely not. It sounds like the worst time ever. And just being real, so, uh, you know, I I can't really go any further than that than saying I respect his game but just don't like the dude.
1: Yeah, it- it's it's one of those things where he's become a polarizing figure, and for me and where we are in the in the world of golf in the business of golf, it, it, we gotta we have to embrace guys like this. We just do because if we don't embrace guys like this, then in and, and the game of we're golf, we're out
0: of a job. I, exactly, I mean, yeah. Like golf has to evolve and keep going and. And he is taking golf in a new direction. And everybody hates change. You've got every 40, 50-year-old. I was talking to a few members tonight out at at Spring Valley. And they're like, oh, I just miss the old days of shot shaping and this and that and the creativity. And it's like, this is kind of a a whole podcast in in and of itself. But there's plenty of creativity now. It's just different creativity. You know, there's guys finding different ways to do different things and sure it's not Seve Ballesteros it's not Gary Player it's not Arnold Palmer but this is a new wave of athletes and we just kind of have to move on I wouldn't say move on from the old generation but you have to welcome this new generation and you have to evolve you have to either like it or get used to it because either way it's it's not going anywhere bryson's going to be around for the next 20 years doing this shit so you know it's it's not even worth getting all worked up over and oh let's roll the ball back you know that's a whole other subject in and of itself but he he's changing the game and and i have to respect that i admire it And I still don't like the guy, but I can say I do. It's kind of like LeBron at this point. I respect what he's done. I can't stand watching the guy play basketball. But it's because of how he carries himself. And kind of along the same lines as Bryson. I just can't stand watching the shit. Yeah, But it is what it is.
1: Completely. So congrats to Bryson winning the Arnold Palmer Invitational. And uh, that's all we got to say about that. Uh, moving on to our basically our kind of our main topic for today so we got a comment from phil's invisible tie appreciate you phil's invisible tie for commenting on uh, one of our course write-ups he said i really spencer i really enjoy and appreciate the course write-ups i am looking to spend more time practicing and playing this summer as i've only played sparingly in the past but i was wondering if there's anything i can do to make it more budget friendly any thoughts about doing an explainer and how to get the most bang for your buck and taking it to the next level so we're going to get into that a little bit. Um, we're gonna we want to explain to you guys because we know the business of golf better than most. Um, how to how to do this on a budget and golf balling on a budget, I, I call it. So uh, let's give Phil's invisible tie and all the listeners out there some ideas of what you can do to make golf cheaper. Because as we talk about in these course reviews, if you guys haven't read those, head over to the thednvr.com. D- go to the other tab at the top, golf. All of our course reviews are there. You get to check out all the courses we've played in Colorado. We're actually kind of done doing that for the weekly, at least, for the season. Uh, It's going to be more of an off-season thing as we go back into next off-season. We'll start again, but Mitchell, what are some things that you, that jump out to you? Because realistically, whether, you know, you're, everybody can play golf but it's there's definitely different levels of being able to play golf with a budget and you know we started out in high school and it's it was hard you know it was we played the same course all the time we didn't really get to get you know we didn't really get to go and and go enjoy other places so um
0: well and the only reason we got to play spring valley all the time was because we worked there so that that's another thing is we were not paying to play there we were we were we've virtually played golf for next to nothing our entire lives and it's not because we're special it's because we've either worked in the industry or we've been so you know like there's certain or we have connections here and there but we we've kind of worked it out to where we have never really paid to become a member at a country club or anything like that and and not trying to like toot our own horns but we've gotten to where we're at in the golf industry never doing that so you know there's certain ways to work it where you can make it a lot more affordable um the first place i'll start is with practice uh most public driving ranges well i'm sorry not driving ranges most public chipping greens and putting greens are completely free and you can spend hours and hours and hours out there for nothing And I will tell you, 99 out of 100 players that are trying to improve need to spend multiple hours on the putting chip and green, 100%. There's no other uh, way to say it. Your short game can always become better, and that is free. You can spend all day on a putting green. And I know it gets monotonous and, and tiring and whatever, but... Back when I was working on my game and trying to really improve, I would spend hours and hours out there just listening to music. It was my happy place, um, just somewhere you can go, forget about work, forget about kind of life in general, and just focus on your golf game. And that so that's a good place to start. Another place I would say, well, let me with
1: drive. Let me, oh, go ahead. you back on that just a little bit. And you're exactly right. Practicing is. It, it, like Phil said, Phil's invisible tie, I guess. He said you know, he wants to take his game to the next level. And no matter what level you're at, unless you're a PGA Tour player, which I would assume he's not, just a guess, if, if you want to get better at this game, you literally don't even have to hit a single range ball over 50 to 100 yards, if at all. And you will improve 5 to 10 strokes depending upon where you're at on your game just by working on the short game so kind of what mitchell's saying and to piggyback piggyback off of that go to the range buy a bucket of balls five dollars eight dollars you come to the valley of fun you know it's five bucks for 40 balls and then take them straight over to the chipping green and chi- and that does two things for you because it allows you to warm up you, instead of banging like 10 to 15 balls or half of your bucket or whatever trying to get warm if you go hit a bunch of chips and pitches and then go retrieve them you can always get you can get warm that way and it betters your game and like i said I, you, we can't stress this enough watching people golf you you don't have to be a great ball striker we have a member at spring valley dave Eddy, shout out dave if you're listening to this doubt it but he is like a four or five handicap and if you watch him hit the ball i love you dave sorry but he he looks like a 20. He He looks like a 12. Okay, he looks like a 12. But he he doesn't hit the ball high off the ground. He doesn't hit the ball that straight, that far, nothing. But he is deadly with a wedge in his hands and even deadlier with a putter in his hands. He's got a 10-footer, and he's probably going to make it. And if you can get up and down 50% of the time as an amateur, even if it takes you three shots, you're making a bunch of bogeys and not double bogeys, triple bogeys. And that, that'll improve your game five to six strokes, I can almost guarantee you, no matter where – I I legitimately could improve my game two to three, maybe even four strokes just by being a better chipper and a way better putter. I know that personally, and I'm a close-to-scratch a golfer most days. So,
0: <laughs> Okay, so another tip that I have for driving range purposes is check with your local driving range and see if they do a yearly pass. So – how I can speak for us out at the Valley of fun. We do a year long from January 1st to December 31st. You can buy a driving range pass for $300. And I know that sounds fairly significant, but that's 60 buckets of balls. Say you go out from April until October. So that's what, seven months. Um, and you hit, now, now i got to do a little math. Basically, You have to
1: hit basically nine buckets of balls a month in a Colorado season to pay for that.
0: Yeah, so you could spend, even if you, say, hit balls two or three days a week and you hit two buckets. You're looking at, say, it's two buckets three days a week. You're looking at six times four times seven, so 24 times seven. That's like 230 buckets of balls, ball, ballpark. And I could be way off, but I think my mental math is close. But you are literally saving, basically you're cutting your cost in a quarter by spending that extra money on a range membership if you're taking full advantage of it, and you can go hit thousands of balls. So it, that is definitely another cost-effective way to go about it is see if a course has a range membership and push for that if it's possible and really take advantage of it and hit all those balls that you can.
1: Before we get into some more tips on how to make golf easier and get better on a budget, we want to tell you guys about DraftKings Sportsbook. So it is that time of the year again, we got conference tournaments and college basketball and March Madness is just around the corner, Selection Sunday is this week and DraftKings has upped their level their point of entry. So it used to be bet bet $1 last week on Adasanya Blockowitz to throw a uh, basically land a punch and win 100. So now all you have to do uh, for a new client, you sign up, you use that code DNVR and you bet $4 on an underdog and you win $256. So you got to find that 12 seed, find that 13 seed in the tournament this year. They always win one or two games. I remember my Yale Bulldogs from a couple years ago beat that 5 seed and I was cashing it in already. But all you're doing is betting $4 to win $256. All you got to do is pick one of many select college basketball games on for and pick the underdog and you're winning $256 on a $4 bet. Um, If college basketball is not for you, DraftKings offers great odds on golf, hockey, and so much more, which we will get into a little bit later with our golf odds. So download the DraftKings, the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code DNVR when you sign up and turn $4 into $256 if the underdog of your choosing pulls off an upset. That's right, code DNVR. Turn $4 into $256 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, Colorado only, and new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. All right. More ways to golf on a budget. What do you got?
0: Um... <clears throat> So we started, or last thing we talked about was the driving range. Uh, Another thing we'll we'll talk about is twilight rounds. We talk about them a lot. Uh, That is one of the most cost-effective ways, and a lot of times it does work for people who can't make it out to golf during the day. Uh, I, I love a twilight round. That's usually the only time you and I get to go play. We don't get to go play those Saturday morning prime tea times, we're at work. We're working. We're checking people in, doing whatever, giving lessons. Um, But those afternoon rounds, a lot less expensive. A lot of times I can only speak for the value of fun and we may be cooler than everybody else. Um, I know we're cooler than everybody else, but we'll charge you a twilight rate or we'll charge you a nine-hole rate and be like, hey, if you want to play a few extra holes, go for it." it. It's one of those things where you don't have to come out bright and early. And sometimes it's an enjoyment thing. I know there's guys that will literally wake up from a blackout and roll out to the golf course at 6am because they love being that first tee time off. But if you're flexible with the times you tee off and things like that, then you can save, I would say anywhere from 30 to 50% on tee times and so what, you you get to watch a sunset on the golf course, like, where's there a better place to watch a sunset?
1: That's a great point, because not only is twilight cheaper, I know, like you said, we can only speak for the Valley of Fun, and look around at all your courses, I can guarantee you almost every golf course around you has a twilight tea time. And at Spring Valley, it's kind of a joke, but that's just the way golf goes, so on a Saturday or Sunday middle of the season, we charge $74 to ride 18 holes. Great value, five flags on the value rating for, in our <laughs> course review. Um, five plus. But but think about this, uh, 157 tee time. Now, sometimes we'll allow those people to pay twilight because we're nice guys. We're pushovers. But literally, if you tee off after 2 p.m., which in the middle of the summer you can tee off at 2, 3, almost even 4 o'clock and get a full 18 holes in. Tee off after 2 p.m., that price drops from 74 to 45 So you can basically get essentially two twilight rounds for one if you decide to play a, l- a few hours later. And like Mitchell said, not only is a twilight round a ton cheaper and you can get a lot more value at a great golf course, not just Spring Valley, just about every public course out there has twilight tee times, there's nothing better than finishing a round right around sunset. That's literally the best time. When we like talk about views on our course reviews, and the most the most beautiful views, I, the one that comes to mind for me is City Park. And we played City Park late in the afternoon and it was Unreal. the most it was the most pure thing I'd ever I'd ever experienced. So, definitely get out for those twilight rounds. And while we're talking about City Park, uh, you know, normalizing walking, I think, is a big thing if you want to start golfing on a budget. I know at Spring Valley, like I said, we're bringing Spring Valley up a lot, but we know those rates like the back of our hand. It's saving you $20 a round to take a cart for 18 holes versus walking for 18 holes. So you can walk a Twilighter for like $35 at Spring Valley on a weekend. So you can tee off at two, you walk 18 holes. I know walking is hard, but if you get used to it it really isn't that bad like when at city park they were only allowing walking and i it didn't bother me one bit and it, it's twofold you get in shape you get more comfortable with walking and then a lot of people find that they like it you enjoy you get a you know a six mile walk in five mile walk in if you're walking 18 holes and it saves you basically you can play four rounds at most courses for the price of three Or get four rounds, yeah. Basically, get four rounds for the price, four rounds walking for the price of three riding. So if you normalize walking and normalize playing nine holes, like even you know Twilight usually are eighteen hole rates, but there's nothing wrong with playing nine holes. I know uh, RK, he he's a busy guy, and so when he gets out on the golf course, he wants to play a full eighteen normally. Which I know a lot of people are like that, but if you really want to kind of get better on a budget normalize playing nine holes and enjoying just nine. You know, it's a couple hours out of your day, but usually in the middle of the summer, depending upon your job, you can head off after work, find a golf course that's teeing you off at 5, 5.30, 6 o'clock. Nine hole rounds, usually in the 20s, $30, even if you're riding. And if you just enjoy nine holes, it's it's a way to get out there and play and play on a budget. Because I will tell you this, and this is from personal experience as well, practicing is great. And like we said, if you really want to get better, it starts with practice. But if you want to shoot lower scores, you have to play as well. There's always those people that are range rats and they practice all the time and then they get on the course and they can't figure out why they're not as good. There's got to be a good balance of that. And I know you can speak to that a little bit too.
0: Oh, yeah. There is no other um, comparison to getting out on the course. That is the only way you get the real-life experience of playing of those shots. And here's another thing, too. Even coming out late in the evening, say you and your significant other or whatever, say you eat dinner at 6 o'clock on a summer night, and you've got a free night to yourself, and there's nothing on TV, there's no sports, whatever. Come out to the golf course at 7 o'clock. I can say from my personal experience, and I don't know about – A lot of places, but I just had a dude the other night, he goes, it was like an hour and a half before sunset, and he goes, hey, do you mind if I walk like four holes? I was like, no, dude. And he goes, what do I owe you? I was like, nothing. Go, you know, go walk three or four holes. It's no skin off my nose, or whatever. You're not even getting a full nine holes in, I know that, and you're walking. So, come out and play a few holes at dark, or just ask to be the, if you can, ask to be the last group off, and Walk it and hit three or four shots. I know it's it's quite a bit of walking, but you get a lot of that on course uh, shot making, just the visuals and everything. It makes a huge difference. That's where a lot of guys started. Um, specifically, I don't want to get into it too much, but like a lot of European tour guys are real big course guys. They love they. They're like when I was a kid, I'd go warm up for thirty minutes and, and then I'd spend eight to 10 hours on the golf course and it makes it more fun. Like let's be real sitting there hitting beaten balls for an hour or I'm sorry, an hour, three hours, four hours is not really anybody's idea of fun. I mean, unless you're just an absolute perfectionist, but getting out on the course, visualizing different shots, playing situational golf is where you can get a lot better and it's going to be a lot more cost effective, especially when you're teeing off at that later time. And a lot of times, pro shops will hook you up if there's two hours of daylight, an hour and a half of daylight. Okay, so you're getting charged a nine walking rate. It's going to be somewhere between twenty and thirty bucks, and you get two to three hours. I mean, that's what ten to fifteen dollars an hour. That's a pretty good rate for golf, I would say. So there's there's a lot of different things, and we can get into clubs a little bit. Um, I
1: don't know if you have anything to add to that, there, Spence. No, that's good. Yeah, let's get into clubs. This is a—I I feel very strongly about this because this is how we grew up, and I think we're both on the same page here.
0: Yeah, I—I I didn't have a brand new set of clubs until I. Let's put it this way: I have never paid for a brand new set of clubs. Whenever I was buying clubs, I was buying used clubs. I was buying used irons, used drivers, used. Wedges are is one tough thing. You have to check condition, and just like anything, but you don't know how many times you can roll into Golf Galaxy, PGA Superstore, and pick up a set of irons that is borderline brand new for a third, a quarter of the price.
1: Yeah, I think there, this is one of the most slept-on things in the entire world, in, in the golf world especially, is how cheap you can get golf clubs if you go to a PGA Superstore and – uh, we have one of those right in, you know, right in Colorado. I think we have two of them. There's one on Arapahoe and I-25, and then there's one up north. But find your local. Uh, we have a Lenny's here. I'm sure every state has like a, a golf shop where they take used clubs, and it's it's basically like a pawn shop for golf. And I'm telling you, like the 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 sick irons you can get for one third, one half of the cost, maybe even less, that are still in great condition, just because some rich old dude didn't like them. It's phenomenal. And find something that kind of fits your game. You know, you got to know if you're a stiff shaft or a regular shaft. Don't get something that completely doesn't fit you. But at the same time, they have drivers for under $100. And these new drivers nowadays are retailing for $5, $50, $600 almost. So if you go find yourself a used set of clubs, especially starting out, I mean, even if you're, I could, I guarantee you, I could walk into a PGA Superstore tomorrow and find a used set of golf clubs that would fit my game for probably half the price that I would have to pay if I went to a re, went to a brand new full retail.
0: Well yeah, I mean it's the equivalent of buying a new car versus buying a used car. I I've never bought a new car. I don't think you've never bought you've never bought a new car whatever. But how many people are like, "Oh yeah, it's a smart financial decision to buy a brand new car." No, right when you drive it off the lot it loses half its value if not more. If you were to go that that's kind of the fucked up part, but the advantage for everybody: if you went and bought a brand new set of irons from PJ Superstore for say fourteen hundred dollars, and you played with them for a week, and you came back and tried to turn them back in, they probably give you four or five hundred bucks credit for them, maybe six hundred, because they're going to sell them for probably seven or eight hundred. So you're already saving thirty three to forty percent on a set of clubs that's a week old. And I'm not kidding you people. This shit happens all the time. People trade in their used stuff that is virtually brand new just because they have a crazy amount of extra income apparently that they can just blow on golf clubs. And like Spencer said, same goes for drivers. Uh, wedges, like I said, are one tough thing. You just want to see what shape, kind of shape they're in. You know, if, if the face is beat to shit um, – you're probably not going to want to go down that route, but if the face is in good shape and it's just the new model came out, if they're less than a year old, then those are more than playable. You know, there's nothing wrong with those whatsoever. And one other thing is putters do not buy a Scotty Cameron. Do you know, not or, spend four or n- a
1: brand new putter. Just in general, the amount of oh, I, that makes me sick thinking about how much people spend on a putter when you could almost go out and putt with like your dad's old. You could go to a
0: garage sale. You could find a five or $10 putter. There's guys who still are playing putters on tour that there was guys. There was actually, I forget who it was. Maybe it was Tom Lehman. Um, He found it at a garage sale and he had it in the bag for years. It was like $10 putter. And yeah, putters don't wear out. (laughs) That is one golf club that does not wear out. So it's, unless you're just all about vanity and telling your buddies you got the brand new Scotty Cameron and who gives a shit if you're whooping their ass while your set costs one third or one fourth of what theirs costs. Who's who even cares what, what you're playing really? I mean, just play the putter that feels good to you. It can be $5. It can be a hundred, but don't just go buy a Scotty Cameron. It's like buying a Ferrari. It's just for the name. Everybody just wants to say, oh, I've got a Scotty Cameron. And at the end of the day, I'll, I'll give everybody a reality check here. I don't care. I don't think Spencer cares. And nobody within the golf industry cares. Your buddies might care. But nobody cares how much you spent on your, your set of clubs unless you're a really good player. And even then, it doesn't matter. I know really good players who haven't bought a brand new set or even gotten new clubs in four or five years. Really, the quality of your golf clubs have nothing to do with the quality
1: of golfer that you are. None. Would you agree? None whatsoever. And going back to what you said about putters, the uh, one of my first ever putters that I bought brand new was like the Odyssey 2-ball, the OG Odyssey 2-ball. And that putter is now considered out of date, old, etc. And Odyssey this year, if you guys have seen it, they came out with their new line for 2021 because every co- every club m- manufacturer does this. And they literally remade the OG Odysseys with the same face, the same everything. And they're charging like $300 when you could go to... I guarantee you could go to a store that has used putters and find an old Odyssey white hot right now for like $50, $60. Bucks.
0: Exactly. So... There's just so many options. Um, I don't know if there's anything else we didn't cover.
1: Well, one thing but, I wanted to say real quick is uh, if you want to take lessons, which I do rec- – well, of course we recommend, obviously. If you're in the Colorado yes. area, email us, golfbros at com. We will set you up. DNVR members or not, we love to teach and we'll help anybody out who wants to get better at the game of golf. But if you want to get into lessons and you're not around here or, or don't have the time um, to meet up with us, always if you want first of all I don't recommend looking at a ton of stuff online there's great tips here and there but as long as if you don't know exactly what your problem is it's hard to use online resources as a tip so I'll just say that but instead of doing a, like an individual lesson look for cl- clinics or group lessons because what the way that's set up for instructors I know personally if you do a lesson with one other person, it cuts your cost in half. Because the instructor is making about the same amount per hour. He, you're not getting the uh, complete individual instruction for half an hour or an hour. And in a clinic, you're, you're definitely not getting the same instruction, but you're getting professional instruction with some one on one time. And you're paying in a, in a clinic usually 25, 35, 40 bucks. And you're getting one to two hours of individualized, or not in completely individualized, but definitely a, in professional instruction from a from somebody that knows what they're talking about, most likely. So always look for clinics, or get a buddy, or a girlfriend, or you know your friend, whatever it may be, and go out and take a lesson as a couple or as two people. And I guarantee you can save a lot of money doing that person-to-person versus the individualized $100 an hour or whatever some instructors charge. So always look for clinics, camps, um, and then like things like Get Golf Ready if you're just starting out. They're great. They're like $100 for five lessons. 20 bucks an hour basically is what you're paying, and you're getting five-hour lessons on how to, how to begin and how to step in, take that first step in the door of the game of golf.
0: Yeah, that's a a great tip also, I would agree. Um, And the thing is with group lessons too, it's great to have an entire hour of one-on-one time, but a lot of times it's unnecessary because once you, I know as an instructor, once we give somebody the information, it takes them about 5 to 10 to 15 minutes to process that. So you're watching them hit balls, and there's really not a whole lot you can give somebody in that time because they're still processing what you initially told them, the initial change you're trying to make. So as an instructor, I have no problem, and I actually prefer giving group lessons um, in the way of you give somebody something to work on, you let them marinate on it for 10, 15 minutes, and then you get back to them, and you kind of keep an eye on them. Obviously, you don't completely ignore them, but you really kind of give them their time to sort it out in their own head. So it can be beneficial for your game because I know a lot of people also feel uncomfortable having having an instructor stand behind them for an hour straight. You know, they're like, I just want to relax and hit the ball and try to take the the swing change you gave me and make it work. And some people just don't feel comfortable having an instructor breathing down their neck the entire time. So uh, it can be beneficial for your style of game for your preferred lesson. And it's very cost effective. So I really do like that tip also
1: for sure. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Phil's invisible tie for the comment. You guys, if you ever have comments, questions, anything, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, you under our, on the DNVR.com under our course reviews or under our podcast, right? Uh, write-ups that we, the little write-ups we have with our podcast, Feel free to comment anytime and ask us anything like this one was awesome it gave us an up to topic for an entire podcast of something that we don't really think about you know and there's so many things that so many questions out there that golfers have whether you've been playing the game for 20 years or you're just getting into it that we can always answer we we've been through almost everything in the game of golf and we'd love to grow it and help all of you guys enjoy it and and get into it like we have and, and catch the bug because i've seen a lot of people catch it over the last year and it really it really changes the way you look at the game and how much you want to play and that's what we're all about here so um, before we get out of here today we want to get into our DraftKings picks for the players so mitch why don't you tell everybody a little bit about tpc and uh, the, the stadium course or the players and kind of what that course looks like and what we're looking for in terms of players that will be successful here.
0: So the uh, TPC Sawgrass is one of the courses where distance is not necessarily paramount. I mean, you see guys of, I wouldn't wouldn't necessarily say short hitters win, but it's more about quality of ball striking in general, I would say. Uh, You really have to hit the ball well. You really have to be in full control of your your ball flight and uh, just being able to shape it left to right, right to left. There's a lot of dog legs. Um, It is a Pete Dye design golf course. So his signature is railroad ties. You'll see plenty of those between 16, 17, 18, um, pretty much up and down the fairways around the greens. But I really favor guys that, like I said, are striking the ball very well. Um, not necessarily a emphasis on distance, but just guys that are in full control of their golf ball week in week out. So uh, I'll give you my picks real quick.
1: So um, you guys are going to want to log into the DraftKings Sportsbook app, go to the players, <laughs> and here we go.
0: And uh, fade our picks. Now, <laughs> I I mean, I honestly feel really good about this. This is I don't want to jinx it or anything, but I feel like these are the most solid picks I've made in. Uh, quite a while and obviously none of them have won yet. So, um, I'm feeling good about this week. I I feel like at least one is going to hit here, but I am starting with a top 10. I've got Lee Westwood at plus 900. He is coming off a one shot loss. He finished second last week at the Arnold Palmer and similar to the Arnold Palmer. Like I said, TPC sawgrass, big emphasis on ball striking, Uh, controlling the golf ball and Lee Westwood also referenced this earlier in the podcast has been one of the best ball strikers in golf. His putter is not something that he leans on specifically. Um, But you can get away with not putting great at TPC Sawgrass. The greens I would say are a little bit smaller. As long as you're striking the ball well, you're not going to have a whole lot of super long putts. Um, you're going to want to hit it close, hit fairways, hit it close. So I like Lee Westwood plus 900 uh, to top 10. That's a great value. I've also got Patrick Reed in the top five. I, uh, I know I've slandered the dude in the past, but great controller of the golf ball. He really knows which way he's shaping it. Um, just full total control, short game all the way around. He is plus 750 to top five it. And I have finally come to my senses. And if it doesn't happen, don't blame me. But if it happens, I want all the credit. I'm taking Victor Hovland to win this week. We've seen first-time winners kind of break out here. Sun J M was the most notable one as of recent. But Victor Hovland, we all know he's got the game. His ball-striking week in, week out, it feels like he's top ten just about every event he's played in this year.
1: He may be and the hottest golfer on tour right now.
0: Yeah, that really hasn't won a whole lot. Um I mean, he's made a shitload of money, but he hasn't really won anything notable where you're like, "Oh god, he's he's kind of one of those guys where he's just low key top 5, top 10 every week. But I've got him breaking out this week at plus 2600 to win the tournament at the Players.
1: I love it. I love it. So I'm locking those in right now. I'm going to give you guys my picks for the players. And make sure you watch this tournament, especially late on a Sunday, if you don't get a chance to watch the whole thing. Because I don't know about you, Mitchell, but I think I would say venture to say number 17, the Island Green, is maybe... The most iconic hole on the PGA Tour, pretty damn close, if not um, a lot of action there. It's only like 100 and usually like 135 yards, but you get aces, you get guys dunking it in the water when they're coming coming down the stretch and in a big, big moment. So watch that for the 17th hole because it's truly one of the better holes in all of the tour and all of the game of golf. My picks for this week, I'm going to give you guys the same player to top 20 and, and win, so I'm going to go with Patrick Cantlay. So he's 20 plus 2200 to win the tournament. Risk a dollar, win 22. Risk 10, win 220. And him to be in the top 20 is plus 100, so even odds. So risk 5 to win 5, risk 10 to win 10, etc. So Patrick Cantlay just a great ball striker. He's number 1 overall basically on total strokes gained T to green, striking the ball like you said, need to control it here. He's been up and down this year, but I think it, like you said, this is another tournament where usually there's a winner of somebody that it's not like the big names. They, there's guys that are emerging and winning at the players. And it's a great tournament for guys to go really big game hunting without winning a major uh, like Ricky Fowler has here, etc. And that brings me to my last pick of the week. I'm going to go top 20, Ricky Fowler. I, I feel like the outside noise, he's going he's gonna to get it in his craw and he's going to I, I don't know like he's been playing terrible golf like there's i really have no no nothing to back this pick other than the fact that he's won this tournament before so he's returning to a place where he feels comfortable and him to top 20 is plus 550 so risking five dollars to win like 2850. Um, it's a great. I think it's a good pick for this week. You're getting great value for a guy that's won this tournament. I know he's not playing the best golf, but as we've seen in the past, golf is betting golf is not an exact science. <laughs> guys are just going to win that shouldn't, but normally speaking, guys play well at certain courses and they're usually comfortable there. So go ahead and take Ricky Fowler plus five fifty to top twenty this week at the Players.
0: I like that pick, just because I my first instinct is to hate it. so uh, i'm so bad at betting that i am going spin zone on myself so i like it
1: i love that all right well thank you guys for joining us for this episode of big drive energy we appreciate all the support like i said comment on our podcast comment on our course reviews ask us any questions twitter Uh, we'll give you guys swing reviews You, you send us a video we'll give you something back uh, we really like to interact with all you guys. It makes our jobs a lot more fun for, and and it makes DNVR Golf grow as we see more people jumping in every single day. So we appreciate that. Like I said, we earlier we have a ton of stuff coming up soon. I can't wait to release that with you guys. We got a lot of great ideas for this coming golf season. So appreciate you guys all listening and follow me on Twitter at Big Drive Spence. Follow Mitchell at Big Drive Mitch. Follow us uh, and our golf account for stupid golf takes and funny pro shop stories at dnvr underscore golf. That's it for this week. We'll talk to you guys next week, hopefully with a winner from the Players' Championship. Peace.